Welcome to a special edition of On the Shop Floor, where Weaver's partners in charge of manufacturing, distribution, and retail services, Jody Allred and Colby Horn. As we adjust our post-holiday season eating habits and jump into our New Year's resolutions, we're faced with the reality that this holiday season did not bring any tax package gifts to us this year. To help us better, better understand why, we're joined by Weaver's Director of Research and Development, Nancy Imholt, and tax partner, Curtis Dixon. Nancy, Curtis, thanks for joining us on the shop floor. Thanks, thanks for having us. us. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't get any tax gifts by, by the government this year? Not this year, at least not the ones that I wanted to see as the director. <laughs> That's fair. We got some coal in our <laughs> stocking, maybe. So, yeah, there have been, uh, we were all hoping that, you know, there'd be changes to the tech, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was changing 174 um but unfortunately that that didn't happen this year so so when you when you say 174 what what is that why, why are we talking about section 174 I, i'm not a tax person the average person doesn't know what 174 is so tell us a little bit about what so we're talking about 174 essentially it is um your r d costs so 174 is the code section that determines what's tax deductible um, of your R&D cost. And so in relation to that, you have section 41, which is the more popular section because that provides tax credits in relation to the R&D. And so, but 174 is essentially saying that everything under this code that qualifies as research and development cost is tax deductible and you can take it as a deduction during the year. Okay. okay. So what's changed with that code section? And so, TCJA, which is the Tax Cuts and Job Act, Jobs Act, um, as of 1-1-22, they, you now have to capitalize those costs and amortize any domestic costs over five years. Anything beyond that, um, or anything that's foreign cost has to be is amortized over 15 years. And so previously, before, uh, in 2021 and prior, you could take it as an immediate deduction. So it's going to have a big impact on individuals. So that's a big deal to Correct. stretch it out over five years. Yeah, be because so your taxable income is going to take a hit. Um, a lot of people that had built up either R&D tax credits or NOLs, this is really going to eat into that, that they had saved up, essentially. And that change yeah. became effective starting in, in 2022. That's correct? correct. Yes. There was a lot of anticipation that um, it was going to be changed. So a lot of people didn't put a lot of time into what we're going to do, how we're going to plan for it, including the IRS and Congress, because there's not a lot of guidance as to what exactly is entailed in 174. Um, but because the definition is is very vague. And so it's kind of always been a before when you could take it as a, a current year deduction. Uh, it was kind of a, a gray area. So people would kind of throw as much as they could into the R&D tax or R&D uh, bucket so that you could take it as a current year deduction. Well, now that's starting to, to flip because now you're going to have to capitalize it. You don't want to necessarily have it in that bucket anymore when you've said, oh, no, that's totally R&D previously. And so, so our focus now is what can we pull, pull out, out of that, that bucket, bucket correct. and yeah. try to find other ways correct. to to deal with it. Right? Correct. Yep. Like I said, there's not a lot of um, clear definition. There's more definition for 174 as what's excluded as opposed to what is included. Um, they're anticipating that IRS is going to put out guidance as to, okay, these are what should be included in your 174. These are under these guidelines. These particular types of costs are going to be included in 174. We just don't necessarily have that yet. So you're kind of making note that 
obviously we were all kind of holding our breath, hoping that this would all go away and Congress would actually kind of act on it mm -hmm. and, and maybe address these issues. Seeing that that didn't happen, like what kind of conversations are you having with clients now that they're kind of, they're probably trying to play a little bit of catch up or what's the biggest impact that they're going to see this tax year? Right. Well, and it's going to be to their, their taxable income really yeah. because, and so when we've been, uh, we have as part of our R and D tax credits that we do, sorry to interrupt, um, but it's the, we do kickoff calls every year with all the, the people that we do studies with. And so we, last year when we had our kickoff calls, we told them that this is a possibility. We think it's going to be overturned. Well, this year when we're having the calls, it's a, it didn't get changed. And so now this is something that we have to deal with. And um, so it's just trying to figure out a way um, to show that at a minimum, you've got to capitalize whatever you um, have qualified as your R&D tax credit cost. Um, but it's really broader than that of what should be capitalized. And so you, just to make sure that they are actually making that change in their reporting and that if we are not their tax preparer, that their tax preparer is aware of that change and it needs to be reported on their returns. So along yeah. those along those lines, I guess, you know, spring 23, we're starting to get heavy into tax return preparation, tax provision preparation for financial statements, heavy potential impact on deferred taxes and financial statements themselves. And also, if our clients were expecting that maybe it go away, which I know my conversations have shifted to, it's probably not going to be there to, we better account for this and you better pay some tax. Or we're going to be in a bad position come spring. So the conversation has shifted there a lot into, we owe tax, we need to pay it. It's not changing. And also, how does it impact the financials and our deferred taxes? So you you bring up a good point, just since obviously we work together a lot on, on C corporations or, or SEC clients. Could you maybe talk a little bit more about what that actual impact on the tax provision calculation is and, and what we'll see there? I mean, sure, you're going to have, well, you're going to pay more tax on your tax return in theory. I mean, I know you have R&D tax credits, but you have this this big expense that now for tax purposes is being amortized over this 60 month, maybe 15 year period, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have higher taxable income, higher tax expense. You're going to have this deferred tax asset that will flip. So the financial statements themselves, you are going to see some increased tax expense, some increased deferred tax asset. And if they aren't prepared for that, then you know, what does that mean from a you know, penalty and interest standpoint for not paying? Does it shift what some of those ratios on your return look like in, in a negative way potentially? So just the, around the, the tax expense and those deferred tax assets that would be on the financial statements themselves. So definitely something they need to kind of start addressing now or looking into now. Before, yeah, and, and, and to be fair, yeah. I mean, Nancy just said it, there is some gray and sometimes yeah. clients don't do the best job of identifying all those costs. So do you have someone like Nancy and her team that are actually looking at what's going on and helping you determine that? Right. Or are you just taking financials and doing the work accordingly? Right. That's a little uh, <laughs> a little scary there. Yeah. So is well, there- and even the ones that like I've done with Curtis, um, I mean, the what qualifies and doesn't qualify, what should be put in that bucket and not, um, I mean, it's it takes a trained eye, someone that's kind of read through some of the court cases and that sort of stuff to be able to identify that stuff and make sure that's being done correctly, especially with the R&D tax credit. And so, and that all just kind of, I mean, rolls into the 174. So, I mean, it's really easy to do like an R&D tax credit study and do the 174 review at the same time. 
um, just to make sure that you've got some sort of support for the way that you're calculating it, putting on the return, putting on the financials. So you kind of distinguish the R&D credit from 174. So what, what makes them different? Like what is the difference between the two? So for the R&D tax credit, you have a four-part test that you have to meet. Um, and then the 174, so this is, I, I have a two-year-old, so this is how I like to explain yeah, things. Yeah. So if you have a big bubble, and so this is 174, this is 41. So 41 is within 174. Okay. And so um, you have costs that will qualify as 174 that will not qualify for 41. So like your your foreign contractors, any work done outside of the United States um, is not going to qualify for the R&D credit, but it will qualify for Section 174. And so then it will have to be capitalized. So are you seeing or is there potential for our clients since they didn't adjust Section 174 is there going to be a future ability to offset, I guess, that impact with R&D credits? Yes. Yeah. And okay. so the this change, it didn't change the way that the R&D tax credit was calculated. Okay. So you're still getting the cash benefit. And um, really, the, the R&D tax credit, it can help offset some of that negative cash flow impact that you have from increasing your taxable income by amortizing the cost over 5 to 15 years. And so um, the models that we've done, it still takes, I mean, you're still going to pay the tax up front, but it's a deferred deduction. Like eventually you're still going to be able to deduct all of those R&D costs. It's just, it's taking you longer to do it. And so having the R&D tax credit in place can help you offset some of that, that cash flow impact. Are there any de minimis thresholds with, with what you have to amortize? Mm, no. Like can they get out of it, say I'm a small taxpayer or some sort of other exception? No. Okay. Easy answer. No, just that question comes up quite a bit, so I like to ask yeah. another well, one. Well, and because we've also had the question of, okay, well, the people that have done R and D tax credits in the past, they're like, well, okay, I just if I have to capitalize it, I'm not going to take it anymore. Like, I just won't do the R and D tax credit, and that'll eliminate the the need for me to capitalize 174. And that's not the answer because just because you're not taking the R&D tax credit does not mean that you don't have 174 costs. Because again, you got the big bubble and the little bubble. So right. just that 174 cost um, is still there. And so you're still going to have to capitalize it. It's just then you give up the benefit that you're getting, the tax benefit you're getting of taking the R&D tax credit. So. Gotcha. And I don't want to sign a tax return that all of a sudden just removes off those credits yes. and deductions to get a benefit that Correct. we know shouldn't be there. Correct. So these obviously seem like pretty significant changes. What should we be telling our clients? Like, what should they be doing now, uh, knowing that this is coming? If they have not, so we do have um, some of my clients that I've talked to. Um, it's really like they'll sometimes like not really do any of their R&D credit stuff until, you know, the summer or the spring or the right. late fall when they're actually going to file their return. And this year, they're really needing to look at it a lot earlier to make sure that when they're filing their extensions, that all of their payments are made to minimize any penalties or anything like that. Um, and then if you have tax provisions, also, you're going to need that that information as well so that you can have all that included in your, your calcs. And it does apply to various industries, manufacturing. That's, that's a big one for sure. So I think just asking your clients the question. I mean, this is a, a big change that came about. It's It's certainly we're very in tune to it as a firm. And if we're not doing, say, the audit and tax work, are you accounting for this directly or correctly, rather, and have they considered this when we're doing the deferred tax calculations if that's not handled by you know someone at the Weaver team? So it is, can have a very big impact and is an additional question as an auditor, 
I know you're, you're thinking about financial statements and the right. impact and the questions you'll be asked. You have to, to throw that out there and, and get a little more information, potentially bring in Nancy and her great team, along with Robert Henry to help on that front. So, Nancy, as we're talking about this 174 change, what's going to change for our, our clients when they're completing their tax returns or their changes in what they're going to have to disclose or, or report? Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, it is an accounting method change, especially if, if you expensed it in all your prior years. And so now you're flipping to having to capitalize it. So they put out um, a RevProc 2023-11. And so you now, um, they are saying you do not have to file a Form 3115, which is typically what you file when you have an accounting method change. Um, but if you do it in the initial year of the change, which is going to be 2022 for the majority of people, um, then you can just attach a statement to the return. And so there's in that RevProc, it's got a list of everything that you need to attach and all the disclosures that you need to make, um, which it's, I mean, it's not terribly long, but it's easier than filling out a 3115. So we charge quite a bit of money, I think, to file a 3115. 3115s can get very interesting depending on what's going on. It is an automatic change, which is nice. But yeah, I, I loved when that guidance came out and yeah. we could attach a make statement, not that big complicated form with all those questions and, and mystery yeah. surrounding it. So we just, just make sure that if you're making that change this year that you're also um, following up with that and attaching the correct forms to your, your return so you don't get it kicked back later. Great. Excellent. So some technical stuff today. Kobe, what do you think? You think we've covered this stuff? I have no idea. <laughs> I, you asked me a tax I think he's question, happy that he's in audit. No, I, I'm, like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm glad we have Nancy and Kermit. I'm sure smart yeah, tax I mean, people. That's yeah. definitely over my head, but uh, we leave it to the experts for sure. throwing up form numbers. <laughs> I, I, I start to just a little bit fall asleep in my own head, but I'm, I'm good with it. But I think it's great information. Thank you for being here. Yeah. It's really relevant, timely information for our clients. And I think getting this out will be excellent for them to kind of recognize maybe Definitely. Uh, clients or whoever out there is dealing with this stuff. But we're, we're certainly happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.